Welcome to Mom's Life Made Simple, the podcast for moms who want to go from chaos to calm, from overwhelmed to organized, and to find balance between family responsibilities and personal growth. I'm your host, Chanel Nielsen. Let's make mom life simple. Hello and welcome to Mom's Life Made Simple. I'm your host, Chanel Nielsen, and we're going to talk today about decluttering your mind, making things a little simpler through the way that you think. Um, So first, I want to even tease out this concept a little. What is clutter in your mind? Um, I recently did some decluttering in my house, and I don't have a ton of extra stuff. I do this regularly, but I just was like in a mood to get rid of stuff. And I was seeing a few things that like I have held on to that too long and it's it's time to let go. And um because, you know, of because we haven't lived here very long for one thing and because it's something I do regularly, this wasn't a deep declutter. When I kind of go for a deep decluttering, it looks different. I take everything out of a drawer or a cabinet or something and I look at each item and we'll get to kind of what a more deep decluttering would actually look like. But let's talk about kind of this more uh, easier to recognize level of clutter in our mind. So just like when I was decluttering in my home, there were items that I could see quite clearly that it was time to let them go. And the truth is, because our minds are with us all the time and because the way our brains work, sometimes we're aware of the clutter in our minds and sometimes we're not. So I'm going to talk about three forms of clutter. And as I do, I want you to think which ones you see in yourself. So where are you noticing that you have this type of clutter in your mind? So number one is worry. The first type of clutter is worry. Worry is often um, thinking about the future. It's like, what's going to happen? Or what if? What if this happens? Then, you know, this will be terrible. What if this? What if this? One of the things that can help you to declutter and get rid of worry in your mind is actually answering the question. Um, I worked with a coach once who helped me. I used to really struggle when my husband was out of town. Um, It was just, I would go, I don't know, just emotionally, I would have a really hard time and I couldn't even explain why exactly, but I knew it was bothering me. And so what we did is we worked on this idea of like, well, what what are all the thoughts going on when my husband leaves town? And one of the thoughts is like, well, what if something happens to him? And we actually took this a little bit farther into like, well, what if? What if something happens to him? What if he dies on this trip? What if all the, you know, most worst case scenario kind of going there in my mind? Well, if he did, then this is what would happen financially. This is what would happen, um, you know, with me emotionally. This is just really answering the question of what would happen. Now, that's a little bit morbid of an example, but here's the thing. Our brain doesn't like open loops. And so when we 
keep this what if going, but we don't go there and we don't answer the question, it keeps us in this heightened state of anxiety and worry because we're just saying over and over, what if, what if, or, you know, this worrying about what could be. When we take it down to that level of, okay, if this happened, then this is going to be the outcome. It's not that we want that outcome, and it's not that we're planning for that that outcome, but what it does, it takes away that open loop, and it allows our mind to settle down and stop asking the question. And that's really the problem. When we're stuck in this worry cycle, it's that our brain is asking us over and over, and we are just kind of pushing that aside because it's an unpleasant thought, and we find ourselves in this heightened emotion. But we can let go of that emotion when we answer the question. Okay, so that's number one, worry. Number two are thought habits. So worry actually may be a thought habit for you, a thought pattern, something that you think over and over. But there probably are other ones. So what are you thinking just because you always think this? I often share the example of me um, when Carter was born and I, I had a newborn, number five, and I often found myself thinking, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time. And no matter what was going on, that was the dominant thought because I told myself all the time that I don't have enough time. Um, my daughter says a lot, and because she says this so frequently, I know that she thinks it very frequently. I'm so overwhelmed. I'm so overwhelmed. Well, if you look around sometimes at the situation, it's nothing that needs to be overwhelming or that would necessarily feel overwhelming, but she's in a habit and a pattern of telling herself that she's overwhelmed. So pay attention. What thoughts are on repeat in your mind? Now, when you figure out what that is for you and those thoughts that you're thinking, maybe no one helps around here or I have to do all the work, or I'm so busy, I'm so stressed, I'm so overwhelmed, whatever kind of thought that you find yourself repeating over and over, you want to ask yourself these two questions. One, does this thought serve me? So when I was telling myself I don't have enough time, did that thought help me in any way? Well, actually, no, because it closed my mind off to other possibilities. It made me feel stressed because if you don't have enough time, that's very stressful, right? I have things I want to do, but there's not enough time. It wasn't a good a thought that really served me. The second question is, is this what I want to think? So thoughts are actually a choice. We get to decide, do I want to think this? If the answer is no, then you can work to rewrite that thought. I was working with a client who had a situation where her her daughter or son, I can't remember now, one of her kiddos, was fairly newly potty trained, probably around three. And every time this kid went to the bathroom, she wanted her mom in the bathroom with her. And she was potty trained. She knew what to do at this point, but she just wanted her mom with her. And so uh, my client said, I find myself feeling really annoyed. And I like, I think she does, she shouldn't need me anymore. 
And so she was annoyed. And we talked about, well, is that what you want to think? What other possibilities are there? What's another way to think about the situation? And so after some, you know, coaching and going through this kind of questioning process, she came up with the idea that she wants to think that her daughter wants her company. Well, when her daughter calls her to the bathroom and she thinks, my daughter wants to be with me, that's a much more pleasant thought and leads to a better outcome than, uh, she should be able to do this by herself. So when we find ourselves repeatedly thinking those thoughts, it becomes a choice. When we notice them, it becomes a choice. Because if we just let our thoughts run as habits and patterns in the background without taking the time to examine them, then we kind of are stuck in this thought pattern. But when we take the time to look at those thoughts, we can say, is this serving me? And is it what I want to think? And if the answer to either of those are no, then we can work. And it is work. It's mental work. But we can work to come up with a new thought habit. All right, number three is complaining or negative thoughts. So you might find yourself with the clutter of negative mental chatter or complaining. Now, I heard the most interesting thing the other day. So complaining, when we complain, it actually shrinks part of our brain. It shrinks the hippocampus in our brain. What That's so fascinating. Complaining actually shrinks a part of your brain. So the hip hippocampus is the part of your brain that has a major role in learning and memory. So that's where you're storing your memories. It helps you learn new things. When you're shrinking that area of your brain, what that actually means is it makes you dumber. Complaining quite literally makes you dumb. Um, and here's a really interesting thing. Why complaining makes you dumb. If you think about it, um, you complain and you sort of stay in the same place. So whatever it is that you're complaining about, the, the person or the situation or whatever that you don't like, when you're stuck in this complain cycle, you're not looking for new solutions. And so it kind of makes sense that it would close down that learning portion of your brain. Um it kind of keeps you stuck in whatever that negative situation is. But when you stop complaining, you start looking for more options. So I think complaining is really an interesting, um, an interesting word and an interesting concept because while it's important to look for the good, and you've heard me talk about the gap and the gain and always looking for the gain, and I do think that's important, I don't think we want to um, – that doesn't mean that we just ignore the bad things in our life. But what it does mean is that we are – while we're aware of them, and maybe sometimes we even need to talk about them, our talk is shifted from – this is so lame and, you know, things are really bad and this kind of negative complaining. And it's so much easier to recognize in other people, I'll say, versus the kind of talk that says, this is really hard, but what can I do about it? Or how can I make the situation better? Or what are my options here? And that difference there of... um you know, just complaining 
where it keeps you stuck or looking for other solutions, asking questions, that gives you more options. And that is going to um, really help to declutter your mind because instead of staying in this one pattern, this is something so important to get rid of because instead of staying in this one pattern, you are opening up new possibilities. And that's a fantastic thing that will definitely help to simplify your life. So these three pieces of clutter in your mind, worry, thought habits, and complaining or negative thoughts. If you recognize yourself in any of those, take some time to get rid of those. And mostly, so with worry, we want to answer a question. And then with thought habits or complaining or negative thoughts, we want to ask ourselves some questions. And sometimes those are a little bit hard questions to ask. So um, this is kind of, like I mentioned at the beginning, the surface level of decluttering, the things that you know about. Now, sometimes um, we need a little bit deeper decluttering. We need to take everything out of that drawer to really see what's in there. So two ideas for you on how to go a little bit deeper with decluttering your mind. So number one is journaling. Taking the time to journal, to journal regularly, to use specific journaling techniques that can help you to see your thoughts. When you take the time to do that, you can actually see what needs to be decluttered. You may see some of these that we talked about today that you didn't notice before, and you may see other things that you need to declutter. So I do have a journaling course that can help you to get into the practice of regular journaling. It's called Write Your Life, and you can get there by going to chanelnielsen.com forward slash journal dash course, or you can just go to chanelnielsen.com and there's a link on the homepage. But Write Your Life is really going to help you with some of this deeper thought work. The other idea I have for you is coaching. So one of the things that we do in coaching is really work through thoughts. We work on decluttering the mind. We work on recognizing thoughts and then shifting the thoughts that don't work. So if you're interested in that, um, you can go to chanelnielsen.com forward slash coaching. So that's a lot of things that we've talked about today that can help you to declutter your mind. And I hope this has been helpful I hope you've recognized some place in your thoughts that you can do just a little bit of work, a little shift that will help and serve you. All right. Thanks for being here. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to Mom's Life Made Simple. Need some help making your mom life simple? I offer group coaching programs using my four-step method called the Mom's Method. This is a process of manifestation, organization, mobilization, and simplification that will give you the balance, progress, and joy you're looking for. Visit ChanelNielsen.com or find me on Instagram or Facebook at Chanel Nielsen Coaching. I love to hear from you. Reach out with your questions, your feedback, and let me know how I can help make your mom life simple.